0: 2019-2020 school year was undoubtedly like none we've ever experienced before. It started out normally, but suddenly transformed into something unusual and unfortunately traumatic for many. The year 2020 marks my 25th year as an educator, and I recognize that I am moving into a new season of my teaching career. The upcoming school year is still uncertain, and that is difficult to accept. However, I am grateful for the hopeful perspective that I have and I want to share with you. In this episode, I reflect on experiences and lessons from this school year and how I intend to use them to impact my role as an educator going forward. Thank you for being my sounding board today. Everyone, thank you so much for joining me here at the Teacher's Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Maxine McFarlane. I came across a quote that is attributed to Carla Melucci-Ardito, and it says, Learn how to exhale. The inhale will take care of itself. The 2019-2020 school year is officially over for me. I just ended a few days ago with a teacher work day. And what a year it has been. So school started in August, 2019, you know, with the usual setting up of my classroom, we had professional development meetings, getting my class list and taking time to plan with my teammates. Uh, Two new members were added to our second grade team and we quickly embarked upon new adventures of teaching and learning. There was some uncertainty surrounding the assessment tool that we would be used um, for reading in our county this year. And we had a final training session for, new, for a new um, English language arts curriculum that we were about to implement. Before I knew it, nameplates and welcome bags were on the tables, and I was getting ready to greet my new students and their, pa- and their families at Meet the Teacher night. Fast forward through lesson planning, progress monitoring, assessments, parent conferences, report cards, Thanksgiving break, fundraiser, chorus concert, winter break, and a happy new year. 2020 was here. We welcome Teacher work days. Yay! I have to celebrate that because last year, we lost a, a few of our Teacher work days due to Hurricane Florence and Michael. It seems like such a distant memory now. We had celebrations of learning, we had an exciting paleontology day with our kids digging for fossils, we had staff meetings, more parent-teacher conferences, math carnival, and a couple unexpected closings and early dismissals due to inclement weather in the month of February. All of that seems like a whole lot that had happened this school year. And at that point, I couldn't imagine that another unexpected closing was imminent. Since plants had started blooming, you know, and, and, and there were buds everywhere, we were having warmer days. So we figured we would not have a snow day or anything like that to interrupt our school year. The winter weather was no longer expected. The month of March rolled in with our field trip to the Science Museum. That was a lot of fun. And we're getting ready um, quarter three. And quarter three progress reports were done and we had our bilingual conference nights. On Friday, March 13, 2020, I said goodbye to my students as I always did um, when they're heading off for a weekend, wishing them a great weekend with either a high five or a hug and I see you on Monday. If only I knew that was going to be the last day we were going to share that space together. In our classroom, actually, I I really had a hunch that schools were going to close because lots of schools around in other states and even in um, neighboring school districts had closed, and I followed through on this strong impression that I had. And during my planning time on Friday, I was busy creating, logging information sheets and directions for accessing Google Classroom and other learning platforms that we were already using in class. My students were surprised that I was sending home folders, homework folders on a Friday, because normally they would leave them in the classroom. But I decided to err on the side of caution, even though we had a staff meeting that morning, and at the time, we were told that we would continue to follow the calendar as scheduled. When I got home that evening, that Friday evening, I received an email from our school district and it, re- it was reiterating the same information. This time I was getting the news as a parent because uh, my two younger sons attend school in the same district in which I work. So once again, they were saying we're not closing. What a difference a day made. Sometime on Saturday, March 14th, the governor issued Executive Order 117, prohibiting mass gatherings and directing the statewide closure of K-12 schools to limit the spread of COVID-19. You know, even though I anticipated it and was somewhat bracing for impact, it hit hard anyway. That initial order was to be in effect from March 16th, which was the Monday, all the way to the end of the month on the 30th. However, once again, I believed that it would be extended. I just had a gut feeling. Spring break was only three weeks away, and I thought of all the things that I needed to do before then. I went back and forth from denial to acceptance. I thought I had accepted it only to later return to a state of disbelief that this unexpected disruption was not only affecting my class, my school, my district, but it extended across the country and around the world. It was so surreal. Monday, March 16th should have been Spring Picture Day at school. Prior to closing, I was instrumental in planning a multicultural night for my school and our second graders were looking forward to a field trip. All of these events should have happened in March and the first week of April. Telework began and I struggled with the uncertainty and the requirements to log seven and a half hours of work each day. Honestly, I felt like it was not necessary. At that time, I just didn't want to deal with that. I wanted grace because I didn't see this as free time to do nothing, plus I knew I would be doing so much to help my students anyway, but being asked to record an account for the time just didn't feel right. That is not what I needed at that time. I spent way too many hours engaged in PD sessions online. This was an emotional experience for my students, and I was also desperately trying to process it myself. I thought of my student who had just moved here from overseas only a few weeks prior to all of this happening, and now he would have to contend with so much in addition to the challenge of learning in a new language. It was hard. It was really hard. I decided though that I was gonna use all that energy whether it was frustration, anxiety, whatever it was. And I was gonna f- use that to focus on being there for my students. I welcome spring break. And then we launch into the new adventure called remote learning. I made many phone calls, reached out via messaging. Um, we have a special app that we use in our district. And engaged families in Google Meet. But I knew I had to show up. I had to do whatever was needed to create a sense of normalcy for my students in this time that was certainly not normal. I've always believed that I should learn from whatever experiences I have in life. And if there's a way for me to use it to come out better, then that's what I want my goal to be. As I reflect on this unprecedented and unusual school year, I've identified three things that this school year reaffirmed for me. One, building relationships is my most important work. Sometimes we get caught up in the standards and the content that needs to be delivered to the students, but I'm so happy that I realized many years ago that those relationships are the most important things. If I had only focused on the curriculum while we were in the building, then it would have been so much harder for my students to get through this difficult time. And I saw the fruit of my work when my students showed up in morning meetings. I saw the impact that was already created during Teacher Appreciation Week when my students interrupted, for want of a better word, um, or a session just to say such kind, thoughtful words in appreciation for the, the things that we had done together. It was evident again a couple weeks ago when I had to pack up my students' belongings And we had a drive through pickup. And the students came, they were just so excited to see me. And I was equally excited. I got teary eyed and emotional a few times. One student, for example, drew two hearts on construction paper and wrote a note of thanks and taped it onto the side of her parents' minivan. And when I walked over, she pointed it, she pointed out to me that in addition to the sweet notes and message that was written on it um she had deliberately chosen green and yellow construction paper and and she wrote in black ink <laughs> just as a tribute to my Jamaican colors black green and gold she had um made that special effort to do that we had a relationship we connected i also received personal notes and cards during that drive through pickup that expressed how much our relationship meant to these students and their families. I got gifts and tokens, which I didn't expect or that my gift that I wanted that day was just to see my students' faces again. Since our experiences together had been disrupted, I I was just so happy to see them again. Number two, small moments matter and make a big difference. One of the assignments that I posted in my Google Classroom each week was what I called hashtag notes. I found this TPT resource that was um, done by Sarah Plum, and it just simply gave my students an opportunity to send me a note every week. This was a practice that we had already established when we were in our school, in our building. And once a week, they would share these notes with me. And they would check a box to indicate whether or not they wanted me to write back to them or if they wanted me to share it with a class. And I was able to transfer that to a remote learning and I would put a new template in every week for them to write back to me. And those little moments were so special, not only to me, but also to my students. And it just reaffirmed that those small moments matter. And if I were to use data to support this um, idea, I would it was it was noticeable that this assignment had a greater level of participation every week than the other assignments that were posted. The third thing that this school year affirmed for me is that quality is often more important than quantity. My students participated in morning meetings every week and we had I'd scheduled them for Tuesdays and Thursdays at ten o'clock and those students got up, whether some of them were still in their PJs or some of them were having breakfast, but it was something that they looked forward to. Even though I didn't have the participation that I anticipated in my small group meeting sessions and the times when they could get one-to-one support, they showed up for morning meetings. And I think it's because of the quality of the interaction that we could have. It was a safe space. They were able to talk with their friends. They were able to interact with me. We were able to have deep conversations. They were able to express their feelings in a safe space. So I really value the quality time that we spent together in those morning meeting sessions. I now want to focus on three blessings that I experienced from this challenge. I believe that good can come from even bad experiences. And the first blessing that I experienced going through this challenge is that my team and I now enjoy stronger relationships. Or PLT, or professional learning team, we had meetings every week and they were so productive. We were able to discuss plans that would benefit all of our students. We were able to design lessons and share ideas and resources with each other. And I think it just enhanced the quality of our work and we were able to support each other during this time. The second blessing is that I was able to find respite. You know, as teachers, we can get really tired. We can get burned out if we're not careful. And just the grind of everyday work life, it does take a toll. Then shifting to remote learning brought its own challenges. I had to be careful that I didn't become overwhelmed even while working remotely. And so every morning, I made an appointment with myself and nature. So I got up and I would walk on some nature trails that are close to where I live. By simply listening to the birds, just looking at the creek flowing, enjoying the fresh air, and just being out there in nature did so much for my mental health. And it set me up for a productive day in which I had to spend so many hours and endure so much green time. But just being able to move my body was a blessing. If I were in the classroom, usually by lunchtime, I would have already had at least 6,000 steps. But working remotely, I would be sitting for hours on end. And when I, at the end of the day, I would barely get to two or 3,000 steps. So just getting up and walking in nature not only provided respite, but it also allowed me to move my body. The third blessing that I gained from this time is personal growth and creativity. I I, I launched a podcast, you know, that's that's a big deal. And um, that came about because I had this moment, this time to look into myself and to figure out what I wanted to do. It also allowed me time to come up with ideas that I could share with my team, and I took the initiative that helped my team to collaborate on a a different level. And I'm hoping that this is something that will continue even when we get back into our building. I also took the initiative by coming up with a plan to host online parent meetings, and I thought this was necessary because we were going through an experience that we've never seen before. And as a parent myself, I knew it brought on some anxiety and lots of questions. So I really wanted to be there for my parents, for my students and their families. And so having that those meetings really made a difference. I also challenged myself to grow by providing training for members on my team. I'm a big advocate for teacher-led professional development. I believe that among us, we have so many skills and talents and abilities that we could share with each other. And they're often very beneficial to us, even sometimes more beneficial than those professional development trainings that we have to do because they're required by our school districts or by even by our administrators. So I was really... Happy to participate in those things. I want to leave you with a quote to ponder. And this quote is attributed to Mandy Hale. And it says, you don't always need a plan. Sometimes you just need to breathe, trust, let go, and see what happens. Or plans for the summer included a trip to Jamaica and I know my family and I are disappointed that that didn't happen. However, I am now trusting that it will be a reality in the future. I am beginning to feel that remote learning may be with us again in the fall instead of physically setting up a classroom in a brick and mortar building. But now I will continue to breathe and tackle my summer reading list. First up on my list, Nelson Mandela, No Easy Walk to Freedom, a biography by Barry Denenberg. I look forward to reading more books just for pleasure and just taking it moment by moment, one step at a time. I encourage you to do the same and find peace in the situation that we're facing. Until the next episode, walk good and one love.